This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. The goal of this podcast since day one is to provide the best information on the Vancouver real estate market at no cost to you, the listeners. To that end, we'd like to thank the following sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Marcon, a local family-owned and managed real estate development and construction company that's been around for nearly four decades. Marcon is not only committed to high-quality construction, but it also is making a positive impact in the communities in which it builds all across the Lower Mainland. We want to highlight two incredible Marcon projects. Elmwood, a 38-story tower located at Burquitlam's most important intersection, Como Lake Avenue and Clark Road. This landmark tower will feature 335 condominiums, over 37,000 square feet of office and retail space, and almost 20,000 square feet of amenity space. Elmwood has been incredibly popular with 80% sold currently, but they still have a great selection of junior one-bedroom all the way to three-bedroom homes remaining. Check out markon.ca slash Elmwood for more. And Matt, we are also excited about Sone House, Markon's newest community in West Coquitlam. With 165 homes ranging from junior one beds to three beds, Sone House offers the perfect West Coast aesthetic with a more nuanced Nordic-inspired design. Register today at markon.ca slash Sonehouse. That's S-O-E-N-H-A-U-S. Or you can learn more at markon.ca or follow them at Instagram at markonhomes. Markon, building for life. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Weather State Podcast. And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scalina. And I'm your other host, Matt Scalina. And Matt, you are actually back in the saddle. You are in this. We are in the studio right we're now. We're in the studio. Not um, the bento box, but the uh, the makeshift studio. The makeshift studio, the the COVID studio here. Uh, yes. Yeah, I'm back. Uh, and it feels good. <laughs> the COVID studio. <laughs> like, on account that it tested yeah, maybe positive. That, maybe that's not. It's, it's a, <laughs> maybe that's not <laughs> the place where we usually go to sneeze. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. But today I'm so excited because we, we say fan favorite a lot around here to the, to the, even so much so past guest fan favorite. Our good friend Corey Wright actually just called us on this the other day, <laughs> um, making fun of us. But, uh, no, we've actually got SFU professor. So he's actually at the BD School of Business, Andre Pavlov. Truly a fan favorite and uh, a past guest numerous times. Dr. Andre Pavlov, he's been on V-Rep Live. Yes. He's debated Tom Davidoff on this show. He did. Famously. <laughs> yeah. uh, that was actually one of my favorites. Closest to fisticuffs <laughs> we've had on the show. That's right. And it was like uh, we just sat there, turned on the mics, and let them go. It was like we didn't even participate. It was Not, it was lo- not a lot to contribute, to no, be fair. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, but he was on, what, I'd say at the start of this year or the end of last year was the last time we had Andre on. Uh, on, and there's been a ton of things that have happened in 2020. Yes. Uh, so it's going to be good to reconnect with Andre and talk uh, risks, but also surprising recoveries. Uh, yeah, it's it's a really interesting conversation that we've had here with uh, Andre. And it's such an interesting time in the market. Like it just feels like it's busy, 
but some things are not so busy. Other things are insanely busy. And then also everyone you're talking to has a different opinion on what's going to happen in the market. That's exactly it. And Andre's, uh, Andre speaks to that as well. So stay tuned for that. But before we get to that, Adam, there's a few things. One, uh, I just got back yesterday and I noticed you're wearing a three-piece suit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I only wear a three-piece suit for this podcast when we have Andre on and uh, Great 12 grad, of course, <laughs> except my Great 12 grad three-piece is white with a top hat. Um, but I, it's, uh, it, it, it's a very important occasion, but uh, part, of the, part of the reason this is an important I actually, occasion. I actually did wear a cream-colored suit to Great 12 grad, and the story goes, I remember this well. Uh, this would only happen to a high school kid. I right. went to the mall to Stitches. get to, to, to the <laughs> below mall, the yeah, belt, yeah, something like that, yeah. to get uh, a suit. And as I recall, this older guy who was there, but he wasn't that old. In hindsight, he's probably like twenty eight. Yeah, and like he clearly had never worn ha- a suit. Had never worn a suit, but also looked at me and knew I was a mark. Like he was like, "Oh, yeah. I'm gonna make this kid look I'm, like a like a, an idiot." Yeah. So he's like, "No, you want to stand out, man. You don't want." You don't want this brown suit. You don't no. want this this navy suit. Come on, what are you? You want you, this velour you're suit? You're a unique individual, yeah. man. You got to stand out. And he talked me into uh, first of all putting on a cream colored suit <laughs> with like a balloon cream colored suit yeah. and American fit. And second of all, yeah. he was like, "Nah, you got to get." And it was like I forget the color of shoes he wanted me to get, but he was like, "Nah, we got to go over to like what's a cheap shoe store, right? Uh, uh, some cheap shoe store in the mall." Where he, I walked from his store, like stitches or whatever, yeah, down the mall with him in my in your in suit. socks in oh in your suit, socks suit suit and a, socks a cream colored suit with tags on it and socks yeah and people were staring at me it was like the most horrifying moment of my life and then I felt pressured to buy it and I did buy it and, yeah. uh, and I was the best w- I was the best dressed guy at grad yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and your open house last week because you still own it. Uh, no, but here's the thing about suits and grad. A lot of guys peacock, right? Like that's a big thing it's, in grade 12. It's you're, such a strange thing to do. But. Yeah, or 13 in Ontario. But you, <laughs> you you come out of high school and you and you, it's a big flex. It's like how ridiculous is your first suit you've ever worn in your life? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you took the bait. I feel like that's one of the more embarrassing things I've ever done in my life. And I felt very pressured by this guy. But also, I guess as parents, you don't feel compelled to force your kid not to do that but no like i look back and think what were my like my parents were there taking photos with me yeah oh no like dad, they must dad, have just dad been, was embarrassed he <laughs> told me <laughs> yeah it's like it must have been like the most embarrassing moment of their well, we lives. were all we were all embarrassed <laughs> and wondering what what is this is this going to continue on in his life uh is this a one-off no but you know what the thing is is just just quickly before we get to this tremendous episode with andre pavlov <laughs> I, I I went I I bought a suit I bought a couple suits because you know we, we're we're deal finders in real estate and and with suits yeah um, and right now it's incredible if you go to like Nordstrom you can actually get amazing suits like crazy suits for pretty much half price right now because what happened was the spring line came in COVID hit. And now the fall line has come in and the spring line has yet to be sold. They got to blow it out. They got to blow it out. So I, I go in there. This is actually pretty good. I walk in there and uh, I'm talking to this woman and she's like, yeah, we can get you this like Z Zenya and like all these like full canvas suits where 
I, I at the time I was like I full canvas. I don't even know what that means. I was looking for the lycra suit. But the the big, the big thing is that she's like, we've got great deals for guys like you. And yeah, I remember you telling me this. Yeah, guys I, like you. Well, this is the thing. Like when whenever <laughs> someone's like, like overweight guys, yeah. <laughs> guys that look guys, old, guys who can't afford Zenia suits. <laughs> uh, who? Yeah. What, what do you mean? Guys I don't like, think it could be a good thing. No, it's never a good thing when it's guys <laughs> like you. Uh, that's 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 like starting a sentence with not to be racist, but <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like I mean, guys you're already like racist. You, clearly, independently wealthy and suave guys like yourself. I don't yeah. think that's what she was getting at. Exactly. Anyways, I bought uh, I bought a lot of suits for half price and, <laughs> and felt terrible after. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I've grown out of all of them. Anyways, we've got a fantastic show with Andre Pavlov. This is a great one. But before we get to that, Matt, we got to have a shout out to our. Sp- our sponsor, Oakland Realty. That's right. Oakland Realty. This is our brokerage, best brokerage in the city, I think, hands down, that's for sure. For sure. If you're an aspiring agent, a new agent, an agent that's just feeling like you need to make a change, I would suggest Oakland. It's a it's a fantastic place to be. Really focusing on education. Always there's so much value add consistently. Constant. It's just it's, Learning. it's amazing. If you're interested in learning more about Oakwind, head over to oakwind.com slash join. Type in VRP2020. That's oakwind.com slash join VRP2020. And you get a huge surprise. Massive surprise. And Matt, before we get to our conversation with Andre, we have to shout out the uh, Sellers Club. It's the hottest club in town. That's right. There's bottle service. <laughs> there's, uh, there's there's a long lineup to get in. There's people A couple weeks ago it was it was that new club. Yeah, and, and now now it's the it's the hottest club in town. We even got those people walking around with those signs, the the billboards, you know, the happy birthday billboards, sparklers. It's a, it's a great club to be involved in, but these are the best resources for sellers who are looking for information for how to get top dollar for your property in the shortest amount of time. That's that's it. We've been working on these for a while. This is years of experience right. combined with speaking with industry experts. You know, this is what we do on the podcast. Sure. We've compiled this. It is no obligation, no cost. There is no reason why you don't want to be part of the Sellers Club. Head over to VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com and sign up there or send an email to info at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com and put Sellers Club in the subject line and you'll get VIP access. For sure. You skip the line. VIP access to the hottest club. You can't ask for more than that. But Matt, without further ado, let's cut to our interview with SFU BD School of Business professor Andre Pavlov. How's the market? One of the best. Enjoy. Okay, so we're here with Andre Pavlov, Professor of Finance at the Beatty School of Business at SFU, and uh, past guest, fan favorite. I would say so. Uh, thanks a lot for uh, for coming back. Of course, thanks for having me. Also, also VREP Live, yeah, uh, guest as well. But yeah, good good talking to you again, Andre. Yes. Um, so can you maybe start, Andre? A lot of our listeners know who you are, but uh, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? So I'm a um, finance uh, prof at uh, Simon Fraser University at the BD School of Business. Um, and uh, even though I'm in finance, I've spent most of my um, time in uh, doing real estate research. So um, that includes uh, financing of real estate, real estate markets, uh, affordability, um, 
you know, basically everything to do with um, real estate investments and uh, and housing. Uh, so that's my passion. I stumbled upon that uh, sort of by accident uh, back during my PhD years, and uh, it um, it has never let me go. It uh, things uh, questions keep popping up that are very interesting, and and I can't resist uh, <laughs> investigating them. Right. Yeah, I can I can see that. Well, speaking of things that keep popping up, um or new things that keep popping up. The last time we talked to you Andre was at the start probably January of 2020. You know, we asked for predictions and we talked a lot about all things real estate. Um the world looks quite different now. Uh has has 2020 surprised you? Well, surely you don't keep a copy of the of the predictions I made back in January. Because <laughs> what I, I don't remember what now. I said, but I know that whatever I said certainly didn't pan out, uh, right? So, <laughs> so and I, I'm used to being wrong. I'm wrong probably more more than I'm right. But uh, but in, obviously in this particular period, uh, I think no one expected to uh, to see what we actually saw. Um, so there are a few surprises there, um, but um, I'm curious. I, I must have said something along the lines are, uh, that real estate markets are going to keep chugging along, but uh, but nothing too exciting. Um, and looks like that's kind of the thing that that we're seeing now. You know, it's funny. Uh, we were just actually talking before uh, before we called you, and one of the things you said on a, on that program was. Uh, that you thought buying a, a detached house as far west as you could afford was probably the best investment. And mm-hmm. since then, uh, East Van, you know, well, not quite since then, but in the past year, East Van Detached has done about 10%, and the mm-hmm. West Side has done about 4%. So there there, there were definitely and, some and good they predictions were, They there. were the most active segments of the market, I would say, during COVID, right? Like it didn't, oh, for the, sure. The market didn't slow down at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm um, I'm a bit surprised that I said as far west as as you can. What um, what I probably meant was uh, more in a in a sort of uh, in a big picture kind of situation as far west as in um, you know in 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 the major center of Vancouver or or uh, you know um, other major centers rather than specific neighborhoods within within Vancouver. That's very hard to predict. But uh, one thing I probably did say was. Um, Buying a property with as much land as possible is is uh, a good idea. Um, so if you can afford a single family home, that's great. If not, at least a, a townhouse, and if not, at least a low rise. You know, so something that gives you more um, claim to land. And I think that um, that has been. Um, I mean, that that was a good advice. Of course, it, that's exactly I think what we see. Uh, Properties, especially single family, um, with, with basically lower density seem to be, uh, in favor these days. Right. I, I have a habit of, uh, paraphrasing and misquoting. So I might have, <laughs> and misunderstanding. <laughs> I might That's have got that wrong. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, it happens to me all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so, so one thing, I mean, I, I guess 2020 has caught everybody off, off guard, Andre, but, uh, like, Thinking back to March and maybe even into April when we were, you know, we were basically shut right down, um, at least a lot of the people we've talked to on this show uh, didn't think this summer would be as busy as it's been. And, um, you know, June was busy, July was busier, uh, and June was busier than May. 
Um, I think most people are are surprised. Are you surprised with the the level of sales activity right now? Well, one thing that uh, that was pretty clear during the lockdown, right, right in the middle of the lockdown, when most people basically never left their home, um, right in that uh, in those you know three or four weeks or five weeks that that we had that, um, sure activity was down. But the sales to to listings ratio was actually pretty good. It was almost um, in the order of fifty percent. So in other words, yeah, sure, fewer homes were selling, but um, fewer homes were on the market. So actually, the um, if, if you were a seller, if you were a seller at that time, with everything that was going on, you were doing reasonably okay because so many of the listed properties were selling, and I was surprised at that. Uh, I thought with the lockdown and everything, um, you know, there would just be virtually nothing happening. Uh-huh. Um, but there was still some activity, lower than before, but uh, some activity. And especially when you compare it to listings, um, it appeared like actually a pretty healthy market. Um, and then uh, I think that has translated to today with uh, listings going up and um, also transactions going up. I mean, I look at the numbers and we're typically in the... 30 to 50 percent uh, sales to listings ratio, which is, you know, not the hottest market we've had. I mean, we've had uh, periods of, you know, 60 to 70 percent, but but this is a very, very strong market. Typical markets are less than 30 percent sales to listings. So to get something consistently across across the region of 30 to 50 percent sales to listings, that's that's a pretty strong market. And yeah, I mean, I'm overall surprised at that, um, um, but I guess that's a good thing. Right. Uh, Andre, one thing that we talked about last time, uh, which still kind of seems to be an issue in, in the market, is is low inventory, uh, particularly in some of the sub-markets. What do you think is driving low inventory right now? Well, I mean, we have, it, it's very difficult for people to decide to sell. Um, so you typically sell... Uh, when you want to move. Um, and um, now with the job market the way it is, it is difficult for people to move. Um, it, it's hard to find a new job. So if you have a job, you hang on to it. Um, and it is, um, I mean, it's, if, you're, if you're thinking of moving to another city, it's even hard to go there for an interview, right? I mean, how, how is that going to mechanically work out with, uh, with all the measures that we still have in place? So with people not moving, uh, really the the main driver of uh, of um, homes going up for sale is is uh, sort of restricted, and that um, that just means fewer uh, homes on the market. Right, right. We we actually we've talked on the show as well about the wealth transfer and about people kind of you know uh, cashing out of their their detached houses and and you know, gifting money and then also buying in the condo market. Do you think that that COVID and and I, I was just thinking uh, actually earlier today, I was kind of imagining um, f- fewer boomers wanting to leave the detached market right now to go live vertically. Do you think that might that might have an impact on the market? Yes, so I, I, that's absolutely the trend we've seen. Uh, the, the fastest moving market right now is the single family home market. And uh, I mean, the reason is pretty obvious. If you are um, kind of restricted to your property, 
having even the smallest backyard is is a very very big deal it makes a big difference it doesn't matter if um, you know uh, you have kids or you don't or if you're you know basically everyone would like to get outdoors for at least a little bit every day and uh, and being able to do that without leaving your properties uh, is very important but there's more to it than that because uh, this effect is here and it's very clear and intuitive, but it's not going to last. One way or another, we're going to get over the virus and then we're all going to be able to go out freely. And, and we, you, you might argue we're here already. Um, the issue, though, is uh, that with telecommuting and, and with um, uh, us learning all these ways to connect with our friends and family without actually being physically together, uh, that trend, I think, has been in place for a while and was vastly accelerated during the lockdown. So with that in mind, the attraction of being in a very high-density area that offers all kinds of coffee shops and restaurants and theaters and all that, I think people still like that, but the attraction of that has diminished relative to uh, having a bit more space for yourself. Um, and I think that that trend is going to persist a little bit longer. So um, I think single-family homes are going to be in favor, again, the way they are now. Uh, and that's probably going to continue for a while. Interesting. So it sounds, Andre, like you're in the camp where um, you think buyers' buyers' habits are kind of – or the wants of buyers are shifting – uh, towards more space, not necessarily as dense living, not not worried so much about the commute. Um, like that's that's a long lasting, impactful change. Yeah, that that's certainly that's the current trend, and and I can kind of just from talking to people, I can kind of see that that's the kind of trend that might stay. And then um, I mean, so that that's not going to be as pronounced. Uh, uh, in Vancouver as in other cities, but um, I think, you know, throughout North America, that is definitely the trend we're going to see. And probably muted in, in, in Vancouver because we seem to like density so much to begin with, but uh, but still the trend, I think, is going to be here. So, so one of the things um, we were keen to get your take on was uh, this, the Evan Siddell from CMHC went in front of Parliament a couple months back, and I feel like we've talked about it a lot, but talking about 9 to 18% declines in, in the Canadian housing market over the next two years. And we had uh, one of his colleagues on the show who predicted kind of similar, uh, a similar situation starting this fall in Vancouver. Um, curious about your take on on CMHC's forecasts. Is that is that something you can imagine happening, or, or do you see the next couple of years playing out entirely different? Well, if you look at the decline in incomes, uh, I think you can very easily arrive at uh, declining incomes and, and declining employment. Then you can very easily arrive at those estimates of you know. Um, pretty substantial price declines. Uh, and of course, the thinking is if people are not making money or if it's harder for people to make money, they can't spend so much on anything, including housing, and then um, the demand is going to suffer. So the, that mechanism is clearly uh, in play. Um, what, um, uh, However, in, in real estate, there is another mechanism, which is, of course, it's not just your income, it's the carrying cost of a home. 
So that means um, primarily uh, your mortgage payment, um, utilities, property taxes, maintenance, and uh, the return on uh, on your equity investment, which you're giving up when you buy a home. So when you put all those together, all those things together, um, obviously user costs, the cost of carrying a home, have declined with the pretty sharp decline in interest rates. Um, so um, when you have lower income and uh, lower mortgage payment because of lower interest rates, those two effects tend to um, you know mitigate each other. And uh, because of that, um, the decline might not be quite as big as they're, uh, they're predicting. And in fact, right now, we're not seeing any decline. On the contrary, we're seeing um, price increases. Um, and then there's an additional trend, which is, of course, inflation. So um, the inflation numbers take a while to get produced, and, and you know, price increases take a while to get reflected in the official numbers. But um, but we see inflation everywhere. So every business out there is raising prices because now they cannot serve as many customers. So labor is starting to be uh, a little bit less productive because we can't work so densely together and we can't serve as many customers. And because of that, you get inflation. Uh, and when you have high inflation, that kind of covers part of the cost of home ownership because real estate tends to match inflation, at least um, in terms of um, uh, capital appreciation. So when you put all of these things together, it is um, actually entirely possible that we don't see a further decline and instead we see a price increases from here. So, so in your opinion, then, do you, see, do you think that the worst is over? In terms of the Vancouver real estate market, it's possibly uh, the worst is over. Now, obviously, we're, I mean, the, uh, the, the COVID cases are on the rise. We might start seeing some type of um, lockdown, uh, you know, not as restrictive as the first one, but some restriction on activity happening. So I don't think we are out of the woods in terms of fighting the virus. Um, but in, but uh, buying a home is a long-term solution. Uh, it's a long-term uh, decision. And if uh, with the incredibly low mortgage rates that we have now, really record low, um, that uh, and, and the threat of inflation, I think a lot of people are gonna uh, feel, um, you know, very tempted to to get into the market, and that's gonna keep prices stable or maybe even go up. Interesting. We should have you famously debated Tom Davidoff on the show. We should have you back on to debate somebody from the CMHC. That'd be that could be a good one. We, we want so to use all your time. He thinks, <laughs> but uh, but I doubt um, I doubt we'll disagree that much on that. And at the end of the day, it's a forecast. No one really knows what's going to happen. Um, where uh, what uh, you know what. Um, I think makes more sense is to debate government policy because that's here and now and it impacts everyone and and we've got to get it right. So that's uh, always happy to debate that. <laughs> well, right. I, I'm I'm actually I again one one more time I'll paraphrase uh, you from a previous episode, but I think you said one of the biggest risks was um, was government intervention or government policy to our market. Do, do you still feel that way? Uh, actually, uh, I was thinking about that, and, and that risk is still by far the biggest risk to the Vancouver real estate market. No question about it. I mean, uh, the, both the provincial and the city governments 
uh, have done very strange things, policies that in my view are very counterproductive. And uh, they might come up with more, uh, which would, right, so that is the biggest risk. But interestingly, I think that risk has diminished now because the economy is already in such a poor shape. Uh, I don't think any government, even even this government, is um, would be interested in uh, causing further economic damage. So um, any measures like that, I think, would be postponed at least until we experience substantial economic recovery. Interesting. We So we've kind of talked a little bit about this or talked around this, uh, but we're interested in hearing your take, Andre, on, on kind of the longer-term impacts of, of COVID on on the Vancouver economy kind of more generally. Like we, we're thinking or we've talked a lot about, you know, tourism being uh, a, a major driver, the tourism and hospitality. And, and uh, you know, we often trumpet Vancouver as a global city, uh, things like that. Can you speak a little bit about what you think the longer-term impacts of COVID will be on the city? Well, um, so there's the decline in tourism is very clear and, and, and obvious. Um, I don't think you need to... You need me to tell you that. But uh, we have to, if we look at the longer term, eventually we'll get over the virus. And uh, like we have beaten every other virus that, that we've come across, hopefully sooner rather than later. But, you know, even relatively pessimistic forecasts would say within a year or two we'll be on top of it somehow. Um, and uh, when that happens, people, Vancouver's advantages are going to return. It's a nice place. Uh, clearly very attractive. It's, it's relatively stable, um, from a socioeconomic point of view. And, um, um, and it has great, uh, great, um, location, um, uh, within the world. So, so the demand for being in Vancouver and coming to Vancouver is, in my view, going to return. Um, the question is, are we going to be able to capitalize on that and translate it into bringing businesses here? And that's all a matter of government policy. If we continue to pursue, you know, policies that um, that really destroy the economy, um, we're not going to attract new business. In fact, we're going to lose business. But if we uh, switch gears and we actually create a business-friendly environment in this province that that make it easy and 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 advantageous to do business here. We could actually be in a position to attract businesses from uh, from other places around the world because everyone is restructuring right now. Everyone is thinking about new opportunities and uh, switching location could be part of that restructuring. So, so we have a unique opportunity and if we take advantage of it, the economic environment here can can just really improve a lot. We can get far, way far ahead than we were before the the virus hit us. Um, of course, if we don't do that, then we're not going to attract businesses. We're going to lose businesses, and then the the economic recovery is going to take a real long time. It, well, it sounds it sounds like we're maybe too too early to talk about recovery, but you know, it, it seems like a lot of people have been talking about a U shape or a V shape or even an L shape um, result of uh, from the COVID COVID. Um, period here. What's your take on the shape of the recovery? Well, um, 
I mean, it, it is, you're right, it is too early to say, even though I see a lot of people doing very creative things to continue to serve their customers uh, and even expand their customers. Um, so um, companies have obviously switched to producing uh, personal protection equipment, um, anything, uh, any company that uh, has figured out how to provide services online is doing well. So there are a lot of businesses that are actually doing um, quite well. Clearly not the average business. Um, and, and that's very unfortunate. But from an economic point of view, the question to us, I think, is how can we attract those new businesses that are doing well? And how can we, um, you know, bring them here to Vancouver? Uh, and to me, that's a matter of uh, government policy. Do we have a business-friendly, you know, open economy that uh, where it's easy to to work, or do we have a restrictive, uh, you know, um, and bureaucratic economy that uh, that no one wants to do business in? So, so maybe uh, Andre, as a as a final question. What, what, in your opinion, does the the balance of 2020 look like uh, in the Vancouver real estate market? Of course, we can't let you go without a prediction. <laughs> <laughs> Just as long as you raise it promptly, it's uh, it's it's all good. <laughs> yeah, it's do predictions on anything. Um, well, I mean, we we kind of touched on that. I don't see a decline as deep as what CMHC is predicting. So you know that whatever, 8 to 18% or, or something serious like that. I really don't see that um, uh, currently happening. Um, I think um, the demand for housing is going to continue to grow, primarily driven by the very low interest rates and by the expectation for having quite a bit of inflation. Uh, so those two factors, I think, um, are going to continue to drive the demand. And the supply really isn't, uh, I mean, it's going to increase relative to where it is now, but it's not going to, uh, I don't see it overwhelmingly um, increasing um, and not an overwhelming uh, demand because it's not so easy for people to move. It's. Uh, I think people will tend through this kind of scenario, will tend to stay put to kind of figure out where they want to be and what they want to do once the pandemic is over. Um, so um, I see growth in demand and, and, you know, some growth in supply, but not tremendous. Uh, and you put those two together, um, you know, I see the current trend of sort of stabilizing market and, and growing market uh, to continue. That's interesting because that sort of fits, I think, with what you're saying actually fits with what we're seeing on the ground right right now, uh, almost to a, to a T. Including the, the – including a- seller sentiment yeah exactly exactly yeah. that the inventory is not not rising and and that makes a lot of sense um i the the cmhc folks were saying you know um as a final thought here for you andre that as as the you know economic trouble continues here into the fall and potentially with uh, the CERB or CERB running out the government uh, kind of payouts to people that we're going to we're going to start seeing uh, a lot more challenges uh, for people who who potentially need to sell is that do you, do you see as in the next three six months maybe not nine to eighteen percent but the market really slowing and inventory and inventory starting to pile up and, and and just to piggyback like do you see vancouver as being a vulnerable market in that regard 
Anyway, but we have to think through what are the circumstances under which all these uh, assistance programs will end. And they will end when the economy is recovering. Um, and um, they're not just going to end abruptly uh, in the middle of um, uh, just because uh, the, uh, an original deadline was right. There. Uh, and then at the same time, uh, from what I gather, the federal government is preparing uh, and is already uh, putting in place a whole bunch of infrastructure investments. And um, to me, that's um, that's a good way to restart the economy because infrastructure uh, building needs to be done locally. So it, implied, it employs uh, local uh, workers. Uh, and it also benefits the overall economy if we have better infrastructure that increases the productivity for everyone. So um, with infrastructure projects coming in quite substantially from what I understand, uh, and uh, and the belief that all those assistance programs are not going to end abruptly. They're going to end when we have some sort of reasonable economic growth in place. When you put those two things together, it's there's no date at which we're about to fall off the cliff. Um, where the pain will come is uh, in the longer term where we have to worry about all those repaying all those debts that both governments and individuals are incurring and that's where inflation comes in now inflation is painful and, and it's, it's not fun to live through high inflation times but inflation does help governments and individuals repay their debt um, so if, if we sustain pretty high level of inflation for for a while um that will help repaying the debt, uh, and um, uh, and you put all those things together. That's those are all positive for the real estate market rather than negative. Well, maybe we'll leave it there. But uh, Andre, how can uh, people find out more about your work and what you're doing? Oh, I think I will have a website at uh, at Simon Fraser University where um, if you just type Andre Pavlov at and the BD School of Business that will pop up um, a bio and a CV and, and links to my papers. Um, so um, that's um, that's the easiest way to to look me up and to get in touch with me. Well, yeah. And and, and just as a fi- final question, totally unrelated, but you don't do a lot of teaching, as I understand, Andre. But is your fall looking different than than usual? Yeah, we're online. I'm teaching two classes. One is real estate, one is uh, derivatives. Um, and we're, but we're fully online, which uh, is uh, challenging. I, I enjoyed doing a bit of online teaching in the spring, when, when which was the last time I taught. Um, but it was easier because I already knew the students. So we already had met before the, the pandemic. So, um, you know, even though we continued online, it was, um, you know, we already had that uh, very important personal connection. Now I, I just, um, I'm still trying to wrap my mind around how we're going to do that. Um, because in teaching, like in many other people related activities, uh, I think we really like to sit in front of each other for, you know, at least a bit and get to know each other a little bit before, before we can do work remotely. And, and with that not being possible, uh, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. Um, I look forward to it, and then I'll, I'll tell you next year how I figured it out and how we solved it. Well, well, hopefully we'll <laughs> be doing that over a, a craft beer in person. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Amen to that, yeah. <laughs> well, thanks again for your time today. 
Of course, thank you. So there you have it, folks, our discussion with Andre Pavlov, professor at the Beattie School of Business over at Simon Fraser University. Really enjoyed that conversation with Andre, Matt. What a, like, I, I just, man, I, I wish he could be guy. like the third host on this podcast, you know, like if we could just get him in for every episode. He's, 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 he's I don't think he's got the time. No, I don't think he <laughs> does have the time. I, I or the desire. I, would, I, I was saying I would love it. I would, oh, I was, right. it, far from, from happening, perhaps. Uh, Andre. Perhaps. <laughs> Andre. W- re- what? W- would it work? <laughs> do, 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 could I have that awkward, awkward conversation now? Like, unless you want to, Andre. Yeah. No, unless, of course you wouldn't. Yeah, no. But, but or do you? Well, <laughs> it, he's, he's going to be. <laughs> this is, this no, is the last time he's this, coming on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like a 45 minute awkward awkward. conversation. We did just make it awkward with him anyways, but we we can't wait to have Andre back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, Great conversation with Andre. What else do we have before we head out today, Adam? Well, we should pitch the Sellers Club again. I mean, this is considering if you're a V-Rep listener, you get VIP access to the most exclusive, hottest club in town. Yeah. And, and here's the catch. Coat check is free. There is no cover charge. That's right. We don't even have to see your ID, although you can send that if you want. But I, I here's the thing: it, it is it is actually well, if you sell the property though. It's been trackable. Yes, yeah, exactly. It, it is the it is the best resource out there. And if you are looking to actually get a comparative market analysis, we can help you find out what market value is for your home. And of course, with a with a pricing strategy, we can get you sold. That's absolutely 100% the case. If you're interested in the Sellers Club, head over to VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. That is our website with tons of resources. We also have things like the Live Wire. Now, you can sign up for the Sellers Club, basically hit reply on the Live Wire, and you get it. This is very easy to do. The Live Wire is where you sign up and you get deal of the month. You get all episode updates. You get stats. We just send out July stats. Before anyone else, we had stats that nobody else is sending out. Best out there. This is, this is, there's no reason why you shouldn't be on the live wire. We also have private client services. Because Matt, if you are not using PCS, you are standing still while the rest of us power walk by. You get sold prices, days on market. You basically get realtor level information for free. It's at your fingertips. It's available on our site, VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. And look, even if you're not looking to buy, find out what your neighbors are selling for. Sign up for PCS on our website, VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. If you want to talk about that, your neighbor's house, anything else, 778-847-2854 or matt at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. Or if you want to try me, 778-866-4574 or adam at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. We also got that secret line, info at VancouverRealEstatePodcast, the one guy who actually upped it even further and I think did have a top hat and a cane when he went. I, at grad. Yeah. yeah don't you remember this? And a parachute suit. <laughs> Go Kodiaks. It's, it's amazing how, you know, there's probably at least 10 to 15% of the idiots, uh, me included, wear these crazy outlandish suits and somebody's like, how do I, how do I make this even stupider? <laughs> and Secret brought a cane. <laughs> have a great week, guys. Take care. Who walks in the classroom cool and slow Call the English teacher daddy oh Charlie Brown Charlie Brown He's a clown That Charlie Brown He's gonna get
Why's everybody always picking on me? Two thousand faces for radio. Subscribe today. Hey everyone, pardon the interruption. We just want to take a quick minute to thank the following sponsors who make this show possible. We want to take a minute to tell you about Holy House, a nonprofit organization that provides community building programs and tenant support services to low-income seniors, veterans, families, and vulnerable residents in the downtown east side and across the lower mainland. Melissa from our team has been volunteering at Holy House. Melissa, what's been your experience? Honestly, it's been so fulfilling just to spend a few hours a week in the community and watch how the staff really transforms these vulnerable communities from the inside out, starting with just small things, right? Playing games, drinking coffee, having some simple conversations that you wouldn't necessarily think are super fulfilling. And you come out just feeling like you've really made an impact and connected with the community. And you've been to multiple buildings, but you're playing games, drinking coffee. Yeah, you know, serving food sometimes. And you made some friends along the and way. I've made some friends along the way. It's really helped me be more present, actually, in those moments of just, you know, realizing how simple life can be to make an impact, right? Fantastic. And if you want to learn more, you can definitely check out Jenny Conkin, co-founder of Holy House, who is a past guest fan favorite on the show, or head over to holyhouse.ca where you can donate or volunteer, and they're looking for both donations, and they definitely like volunteers. That's holyhouse.ca. Vancouver needs your help. Be part of the solution. We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down. If you are in the industry, a new agent, an aspiring agent, somebody just looking to make a change, new culture, new energy, new resources, head over to oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. That's oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. Not only do you get to meet Michael Morgan and the gang, the big wigs over at Oakland, you get a huge incentive for first going to oakland.com slash join, typing in VRP 2020. <laughs> 